Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. I am your host Julie and each Thursday we are having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today, Bethan, who is a psychotherapist specialized in parenting support, enlightens us on various fascinating subjects such as the shift of becoming a parent and what happens then, figuring out what kind of relationship you want with your kids. We also talk about early attachment, being ready and available, figure out what we need as a person and then work towards balance, how to mirror to children, set boundaries, but also allowing emotions to be expressed safely in your household. And most importantly, that you don't actually need to be Mary Poppins. It's more about feeling good enough as a parent. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. You can also take a screenshot of the episode and tag us on Instagram at The Bubbling Adventure. But without further ado, let's begin! today i'm good thanks for having me no thanks for joining could you please introduce yourself for the audience sure i'm bethan o'reardon i'm a psychotherapist and i specialize in parenting support interesting so could you please tell us what led you here what has been your your journey okay so I was I've always worked with people I worked in homeless services and addiction services and I moved to suicide prevention and self-harm prevention services and so I'd already worked in sort of like high-end mental health stuff I trained as a psychotherapist and it was when I became a mum that I really had to it was like my my biggest ever learning was becoming a mum and I guess when I 
when I first became a mom, I thought like, oh, this will be great. And I thought I'd be kind of like a, not a hippie mom, but a real like, you know, I'll breastfeed forever and we'll just be so close and it'll be amazing. But of course, what happened was totally the opposite. I had a really traumatic birth. I suffered Mm -hmm. with postnatal depression, but my postnatal depression came out in kind of anger more than anything else. And then I had to really go on this journey of like, oh, my God, what has happened to me? It was like I had a personality transplant and I think, oh, my gosh, what has happened to me? What kind of relationship do I want with my child? And and, uh, how am I going to make that happen? Because so much in parenting, we expect a lot from the children. But really parenting, the biggest mistake I see parents make is think that parenting is about children. You know, but sure, how is a two month old going to change, really? You know, it's all about the parents and the environment in which they raise the child in. So that's how I got into it was working on myself first. And then I just naturally parents started coming to me and saying, look, I'm struggling with this and struggling with that. And so now I have a parenting membership and I have a free parenting group as well, Calm and Confident Parenting, which are two online communities really for parents to connect. So that's how I got into it, really. And sure, that was a decade ago. And I've never stopped working on myself, never stopped trying to be the best version of me, because I think like I've always to be ahead of my children emotionally and developmentally. You know, I'm always saying to people, you can't teach anyone to drive unless you can drive yourself. And it's the same with emotions. You know, often we expect so much of children, but really they are, they have developing brains. They can't create context of things. They're the ultimate mindfulness. They're very in the moment. You know, if they're cross, they're cross. They don't. um, And it's really important that we let kids express these things without punishing them. So that is how I got into it, really. And and also, I guess, with all of my other work I'd done in homelessness and addiction and suicide and self-harm, it all really came back to the relationship that they have with themselves and the relationship a person has with themselves. They learn from the relationship their parents had with themselves. So it's kind of passed through the generations and I had to change something, you know. So that's how I got into it. Mm, Yes. It's all linked. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, we yeah. also had a, an episode on uh, nature versus nurture, which was ah. very interesting. And you can see that honestly, like they always have something happening in their childhood. It's never, yeah. So, yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, that must have been a big journey for you, like yeah. becoming, you know, like realizing that you have postnatal depression. Because for some women, it also takes time to even just realize that this is what is going on. I guess now we talk about it a bit more, but sometimes it's, uh, you know, there's not one way of having postnatal depression. It can come with different symptoms. Yeah. And I think the thing is for me, like it was loads of things. It was then I think like then I wasn't very good at managing my life, although I thought I was, but I just wasn't. So I was really stressed, but I didn't know I was stressed. I was so stressed. I couldn't see that I was stressed, you know, when you get to that point. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing as well is that now I know from my psychotherapeutic work and you know, is that when a woman has a baby, what happens to the to the mom's brain is that it recreates their early attachment to their mother. So that's really what's going on. It's very little to do with you and this tiny baby in front of you. It's all about, you know, some a really early memory has been triggered in your brain. 
So it's about that attachment with your mum. And that's the piece, you know, obviously, if we could remember all of our memories and how we developed our emotions, we'd be kind of crazy or crazier than we are. I don't know what way to put it, <laughs> you know, but we can't. So in life, as we go along, we are, our, our brain has these emotional releases. And, and so that's what happened to me was that I, oh my gosh, I've recreated this early attachment to my mom that I didn't know was like this. And, and a lot of the time in my work and, and, and even my personal work myself, like I'm back in therapy now, I've cleared a space for it in my life and, and, I, and I really enjoy it. I, I really love, I mean, sometimes it's really hard, you know, but I love where it's going to get me to. But the other thing to remember is that, you know, it's often about tuning into a felt sense. Like I've no idea what it was actually like for for me as a baby and I don't want to ask my mom because that's kind of private to her we, we've gone as far as we can in the relationship and and it's a good relationship now but it's it's for me to make sense of my world now rather than pointing a finger you know mm -hmm. so in that it, it's kind of about all parents dads as well tuning into this felt sense of like okay well what feels right for me and and, and what feels right about my experiences and what do I need to do about it so and, and I guess that's where I'm always at you know my oldest is 10 now and you see whatever age our children are at our body holds a memory of what that was like for us so say when my oldest turns 14 my body will be sending signals to my brain of what it was like for me when I was 14 and you know so that's why I keep engaging in my therapy process just to see okay what do I need to know about this time in my life that I haven't yet turned over the stone of because it's like we can't know something sometimes until we're in that situation. We can do as much preparation work as we can. But sometimes when, when we're faced with it, it's a little bit different. So now I know exactly what I need to do to keep myself well and feeling good and manage my internal world so it doesn't spill into my children's lives, which I think is really important. Right. So you need to yeah fix yourself through like what you lived in your childhood so that you don't unconsciously mirror that to your to your kids. Yeah. Is it possible to just like work beforehand, do you think, or is it more on the moment when it happens or how? I think it's all really helpful. You know, I think, you know, someone once said to me, what's the best piece of preparation work anyone can do before they have a baby and I always say go to therapy <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> like there's so much research into what pram you're going to get your breastfeeding your antenatal class you're planning the nursery and the name and like all these naming celebrations and parties I mean it's all great and it's all very exciting but really you have to look at you And like, well, what are you actually going to bring yourself to this kind of parenting gig? And, and, and I think the more awareness, but like we were saying earlier, you know, awareness is a little bit of a double edged sword because sometimes we say, oh, great, I can see what I need to do. And sometimes that seems like a, a huge mountain to climb. But I think the important thing with awareness is that awareness is step one. And step two is intention, you know, so awareness kind of alone isn't enough. It needs the intention of, okay, I know that in this situation that makes me do, makes me get worried or sad or upset or angry or shout or whatever it is. So I'm going to do something about it. And sometimes the doing something about it, sometimes it's coming to therapy. Sometimes it's changing your life a little bit. Sometimes it's changing your life a lot, you know, like, It doesn't have to be 
so huge. It can be these really small, like for me, every day I get up and I come downstairs before everybody else and I have a cup of tea because it makes me feel really good and it makes me feel like, okay, okay, I've got today, you know? Mm. So it's a really small thing and it doesn't cost anything. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to talk to anyone about it. I don't need help with it. All I have to do is do it, you know? So I think sometimes the small things are very powerful. Yeah. Right. Because you're not rushed. So you can take your time to be alone yeah. and like have your moment to yourself. Um, yes. So people start to to come to the kitchen. You're a bit like, more oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for them. I'm, I'm on the, yeah, yes, exactly. Like ready and available. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's it, you know. And I think I think that's a, that that's that's a great way of saying it. I think parenting is about being ready and available. And and sometimes it doesn't have to be like, oh, everything is fine in my life, so I'm available for you now. It's kind of like, well, how can I manage when I'm not when things aren't so great in my life, but how can I still parent at the same time? And I think that is parenting, because most of parenting is done through difficulty because you know everyone is tired or they don't have I don't know life is hard you know but it's like how do we not make that our children's problem and for me starting mm -hmm. the day with a cup of tea by myself is a really good way to make sure that I'm connecting with my children in a way that's helpful to them and helpful to me mm -hmm. and there are so many different ways that would you know help different people for you it's the cup of tea it could be just stepping outside having a breath of fresh air or working out or doing whatever calling a friend depends yeah. what um yeah for for everyone but i think as soon as you find exactly what works for you then and that it's something you can really do consistently then yeah that's probably the the key yeah Yeah, I think so. And I think you see, like, I think sometimes life can be can seem very hard. But the reality is, is that once you can figure out what you need, and once you once you can figure out how to fit that into your life, then life is okay. You know, and, and of course, and as it's about going with the flow, it's about being flexible to things and changing plans. But ultimately, like, if you can figure out what you need in life, in terms of in terms of everything you know you're eating you're sleeping who or who do you hang around with you know how do you have fun are you with people who cheer you on and if not why are you with those people you know so I, I think if you can figure out what you need who you need to be with and make it work in balance and it's a great thing to mirror to children then you know this is what you need to do in life yeah I couldn't agree more So what is exactly your definition of calm and confident parenting? Oh, that's a big question. So <laughs> my, my definition of calm and confident parenting is parents parenting with peace of mind. So getting to a place in a parent's inner world, that inner parenting compass of feeling good enough. And that's it. Because children don't need you to be like Mary Poppins or be like a children's entertainer all the time or they just need you to have a, like parent you I mean you know, like this this kind of sense of feeling good enough and that's the most important thing and that's what calm and confident parenting is all about and then you kind of go off into all these different sections of well you know how does that actually look so 
when I meet parents, they can come and meet me for a, a few different reasons, but people either come for psychotherapy or they come for like an hour consultation because they're having a difficult time with a child or the behavior in the house or the emotions in the house. And whatever it is that people are coming to me for, if it's in relation to their children, I always say, okay, so the first thing we have to do is because we can get very caught up in the day to day. Well, he said, she said, and then he did this and then he did that. And I said, okay, so we need to get underneath and past all of this at the same time. So I create something called the parent map. And I say, okay, so you want to be a calm and confident parent. What kind of kids do you want to raise? How do you want them to be in the world? Not like that they're going to be an accountant or a doctor or that's lovely, but how do you want them to be in the world? And most people say, well, you know, I'd like them to feel okay in themselves. I'd like them to be confident, but not arrogant. I'd like them to not worry too much. And I say, oh, great. Okay. So what do you have to do as a parent to make that happen? And that is where the calm and confident bit comes in, because it's for the parents. If they can be calm and confident, then the rest kind of happens. Like I give you an example, if it's OK, like yesterday, my husband, he dropped my seven year old to his soccer training and the 10 year old went with him to watch and they came back and oh, they had a great time. And then my husband said to me after they went to bed, he said, oh, it was really sad. You know, the eldest boy some of his team had been promoted to the next team up and they happened to be there on that day. So he went over to join them. But because the team were already a team together, there was five or six of them. They were all playing together and nobody passed him the ball. Mm. And so as I said to my husband that it's really important that he gets used to that feeling of being left out. And of course, my internal world sent messages to my brain of like, oh, my God, you know what it was like to be left out as a child. It's like a horrible feeling and all this stuff, you know, our brains and bodies as the adults remember like. We remember exactly that feeling, but often my memory of it was that there was no adult around to actually contain it. So all we have to do with our children is to see what's going on and not necessarily fix it. I, I mean, I know there's different situations to everything, but mm -hmm. you know, we often don't have to fix things, but it's about hanging out in the emotion with them. And the best way to do that is to by people to be seen so when he came off it was like just like a few minutes or something his dad said to him oh it's really hard to fit in with a new team isn't it and he said yeah it is and then that was it done mm. you know it wasn't this and then my husband and I spoke about it because we were like oh my god you remember what it was like and da 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 but we didn't put our world onto him we weren't like, oh, my God, that must have been so awful for you. What a terrible thing. I can't believe you left my son out. And it's like a normal thing, right? You know, he's going to go into work or he's going to maybe go to college and he won't know anyone and he'll feel left out. But now that experience, it's kind of been it's not flying around in orbit in his brain anymore because it was seen and it was heard and it was validated by his dad who just said god that was really hard and he was like yeah yeah it was actually and that's it that is calm and confident parenting I think the other thing to say is that calm and confident parenting isn't about getting it right all the time it's about being good enough and figuring it out as you go along. Because, you know, say like in my membership, people ask questions all the time. What should I do here? What should I do here? And I say, well, we just have to try stuff out because we don't know, you know, mm -hmm. we don't know really what's going to work. And I think there was a lady you had on 
I, I don't know when, because I just put play on your podcast list, the playful parenting lady. And she made a great point about, you know, children, people say, my God, my child doesn't come with a handbook. And it's like, well, actually they do. If you can listen to their behaviors, if you can, and, and I mean listening to their behaviors, because if you can really hear what your child is trying to say through the way they communicate, it might not be this lovely, like, oh, hi, mom and dad, I'm struggling with this today because kids brains aren't that advanced it comes out in all these other ways but most of the time it's not that we need to fix them it's that we need to hang out with them and for the child to be seen and validated even if we don't understand it you know it's mm. that like yeah no is a really hard word to hear you know like no you can't go to that but like my one of my kids wanted to go to a party I can't remember when it was recently, but she'd been off school that day because she didn't feel well. I said, well, you can't really go to the party now. And she was, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't go to the party. But I said, you know, this is life, you know, you can't not go to school and then a party. And it's very hard hearing the word no. So, again, it's about validating that child's experience. Say, I know it's rotten missing out. You know, nobody likes missing out. But I guess you mm -hmm. see the ultimate thing about parenting is you can't validate a child until you validated your own inner world first and and that really is the root of my work with parents I'm not a coach I'm not I'm not that side of parenting I'm the kind of relationship inner world psychotherapy how do you relate to yourself how did you learn that relationship with yourself and what do you want to do about it so it's not repeated again in your children mm. that makes sense of course so really it's about remembering what it felt like, not yeah. dramatizing the situation, but also yeah. not thinking that oh, they're just like drama kings or queens, you know, yeah. as in like if something happens, you need to be able to sympathize with yeah. what, you know, they're going through without yeah. making it worse, basically. Yeah 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 that's absolutely <laughs> it yeah without kind of spilling our internal world on it and you know there's I, I used to call my therapy practice resilient minds but I I, I changed it because I realized I didn't like the word resilience at all because resilience kind of brings up images in, in my mind anyway of kind of you know like the big dumbbells and people pushing heavy weights with their mind and being like I am resilient but really resilience is this kind of like stuff happens in life you're not going to mm -hmm. feel great all the time you're going to hopefully feel great the majority of the time but you're going to get knocked back you're going to not get that job you're going to not get that girlfriend or boyfriend you're not going to and life is a lot of no's and a lot of knocks and the resilience piece is the kind of like tomorrow's a new day and we'll deal with whatever comes then rather than this really intense like I can handle anything in life and you can too for me, it's kind of the opposite. It's this kind of, look, we'll validate what's going on. We'll see what you need. And tomorrow's a new day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Mm, I really like that. And that's a question that I think people in the world of education or like at least positive education get a lot is yes, but if you raise them in such a positive way, how are they going to learn how to you know, face the real world and like uh, all the obstacles that comes with it. And yeah, I think that's one way of doing it for sure. And yeah, and, and I think though, you see, isn't it so interesting when we talk about children in this really kind of whole sense is what I all or try and think of as, but I don't know if that sounds a little airy fairy, but it's this kind of seeing them as a person within their own rights, how threatening that can be for other people, you know, and their threat system can come on and say, oh my God, but if you're too kind to them, does this not mean that your child is going to be like a pushover or does it not mean that they'll get very upset at the slightest thing? Like I remember a mom at school once I was getting to know her. And she said to me, Beth, and I thought you'd be quite like an airy fairy mom and quite like, oh, I don't mind. But she said, actually, you're very boundaried, aren't you? And I said, of course I am, you know, and, and, and it's not that like, you know, the boundaries change and there's but, you know, we have like a rough bedtime. There's like a half hour window, depending on like if we're having fun reading a book or, da, 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 you know, whatever, whatever goes on. But we have real boundaries over where well, this is how you act um, and, and, and behave generally in our house but there's also an understanding in our house that we all suffer and sometimes when we're having a bit of a rubbish time we can shout or we can slam a door or we can get upset or we can and you don't have to apologize for having the emotion it's about maybe we might fine-tune how it came out a little bit but really that's it you know mm. it, 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 you, you can't be too kind to a child you can be too kind in terms of giving them everything they want and not having boundaries but you can never be too kind in terms of offering them the space and the time to be with you really but having said that I also work with a lot of parents that work full-time and when I mean time it's like quality not quantity 
it's not like you have to be available 24 7 like that's worse that creates like this total enmeshment because I I think a huge part of my work as well is helping parents and children be separate people because so often we confuse together do you know a parent's fears of a child can really make that relationship totally fuse together and then the parent and the child are so emotionally linked it, it it's really difficult to separate that so you know we're always looking for this process called individuation which is where children are allowed to become them under the guidance of an adult helping them and that isn't like quitting your job and being at home 24 7 it is if that's what you want to do but if you want to work and you have dreams and ambitions for yourself then rock on it's just about knowing when you come home how to connect with your child and leave your work stuff behind Mm. and as long as this life suits what you want to do then you're giving a good example to your kids because you're doing you know things that make you happy and then it means they also have more time and space to give to others because you're in a in a good place. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I think it's really common. So it's mainly moms I work with. I say it's 80%, but I really enjoy meeting the dads as well who want to come and mm-hmm. do their work. I think it's really common, but not very spoken about. There's a part of parenthood where people can resent their children resent their freedom, resent all the activities that they do, all the socializing, all the parties, all the this, all the that. And I say, great, because therapy is about speaking the unspeakable. You know, it's the Mm -hmm. safe place where we can talk about all the stuff that's in our head, because then it doesn't come out in the relationship with the child. But the most important part of parenting is again this point about focusing on the parents. If If you as the parent have a life generally now that you want to live I mean you know you do have kids so you you know there's there there is that to factor in but you know for example like I'm self-employed and I I wanted my life that way because I wanted a little more freedom so I go I do a Pilates class once a week used to be twice a week but I do it once a week I go swimming in the pool once a week and I go swimming in the sea once a week and I bought myself a surfboard at the weekend so I get back surfing again and I'll be and I'm going to try and rejoin my choir as well. So I think four things is probably too much for me. So I'll have to I'll have to figure that out. But, you know, the more content I am in my life, the more the environment around me in, in my household is of contentment as well. So it's so important that parents do have a life that they want to live, because this is the environment in which the children are growing up in. But if there is resentment there, it's totally valid. And if there is, you know, any other parts, like, you know, sometimes there can be jealousy with relationships with it, about children's life. And it is very valid. Like it's all there. Right. Mm-hmm. But you must work through it because otherwise it does come out in the relationship then. Yeah. No, it's it's so true. I think it, it's a work in progress every day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you see, you know, parents must be one step ahead of their children. You know, something like say, like I'm a psychotherapist, right? I've been in and out of therapy, doing loads of different forms of therapy for about 15 years. And sometimes in that moment with my kids, I can feel like I'm only 10 minutes ahead of them emotionally. <laughs> because that's like just what happens. Other times I feel light years ahead of them, you know, but you have to be one step ahead of them. Because otherwise, how are you going to guide them? Yeah. 
That's true. And if it's hard for you, just imagine how hard it is for them as well, because you have all the years of experience. So I yeah. think that's something you said earlier about uh, giving them also the, the space and the safe place to experiment with their emotions, because yeah. I think that's probably like the best place where it could happen. You know, in, in school, if they go about and slam the door, it's probably not going to be the, oh, the oh, best oh, you know, thing to try. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. why it's also important for everyone to experiment. And as you said, it's not really about the emotions, it's about the behavior that came with it and, you know, went maybe a bit too far. But as long as you're able to have the conversation about, okay, it's fine, but like maybe in the future, you know, you need to like treat everyone with respect and so on. So yeah. I think it, it's super good to have the place to experiment in your home, which is supposed to be your safe space. Yeah, yeah because I do think, you know, all this stuff, it is about figuring out, you know, like, well, how does the emotion of anger come out of you unless it looks angry? Because that is the profile of anger. You know, you can't do it. Just anger just came to mind. But, you know, I'm thinking of a kid that's angry. You can't be angry without being angry. Right. And it's really valid. And in my work of, say, self-harm prevention, it was all about lack of expression. You know, so we do want kids to express emotions, but we want them to express them in as safe a way as possible for them and everyone else, but also without being punished. Because we have an internal mechanism within us called guilt and, and shame is a little bit different, but guilt is our internal mechanism of not of wanting to not harm others. It's what kind of separates us as a human species, as, as a species, as being human. Otherwise, you know, imagine if we had no mechanism within us to stop us hurting other people, like we would be mad, we'd be eating each other, we'd be beating each other up all the time. Like, you know, the world would be a crazy place. Mm -hmm. So we have an internal mechanism called guilt. And I'm yet to meet any child or any human being who hasn't, okay, maybe some people who are in psychiatric, but yeah, uh, that, that's kind of different, right? I thought, oh. Very aware, very aware. You know, that's, that's kind of different, but you know, who don't do something and then feel bad after it. And in fact, a lot of my work with parents is this, I say, you know, having an emotion isn't the hard thing. It's feeling bad about it afterwards that is, you know, so it's the shame of feeling angry or the shame of being anxious or the shame of or the guilt of and that's the piece where parenting is so important so the kids can do something that on one hand seems absolutely flipping bananas to our parent brain but to the kids in that moment it was just what happened and what came out and we can go at an appropriate time and sit with them and sometimes it's about talking about it but sometimes it's just not talking about it mm -hmm. and sometimes it's about being like it's all right life happens don't worry about it you know and sometimes just being there and saying that is so much more helpful than, than this kind of breakdown analysis of like well when you did that you could have done this and you know you could have actually done this and did a, that kind of would create a lot of anxiety so, you know a lot of the time it's about saying I know yep your sister can be really annoying or whatever it is and so can you and so can I that's that mm, so it's yeah. really a case-by-case -case basis so depending yeah. on the situation either 
you're going to maybe intervene to like smooth things out on the moment or let them be and then go back later or even on the day after when they're really come down so it really yeah. like you need to assess constantly the situation to kind of like know what's the best way to proceed yeah I think so and and this is where having your own parenting compass your own guide inside of you I kind of think of it as I don't know what they're called you know like the old when people kept phone numbers on this thing on their desk and they could turn it like this mm. and it was like paper that went around it's almost like the brain has to do that when something goes on between the kids or something happens in your own world yeah. it's almost like the brain is kind of searching around like what is the best thing to do in this situation mm. you know that's not shouting that's not punishing because that just leads down a murky world or that's not negotiating that's just kind of helpful it's helpful to you yeah. and helpful to the children you kind of like browsing through the yeah with the previous experience and trying to see a pattern that you know yes. indicates to act one way or another yes. yeah yeah I think so and then you see a lot of my beliefs and a lot of the work I do with people or parents is, is around compassionate mind training so it's this idea that you know you're born with a set of genes and a set of experiences that you don't choose so you just kind of happen to be here you know I just kind of happened to be born into that family at that time mm -hmm. and the second um, thinking of it is is that life is really hard and we all suffer with different emotions and but that we can do something about it so a lot of my work and, and, and a lot of the work that helped me uh, change as a parent is developing your compassionate best, which is like creating an inner ally in your mind. So we have all kinds of voices in our head. We have anger, rage, shame, disgust, joy, sadness. It's all there. So it's kind of about creating a voice that's really helpful to you at all times, almost like having a best friend in your mind. You know, so often when parents are struggling with, say, something they've done themselves or a part of their life, a really simple way of looking at it is you say, well, what would you say to a friend who's done the same thing or had the same yeah. experience? And often people would be a lot kinder towards others than they would themselves. So a lot of the work is about developing a, a compassionate person inside of you who mm. always has your best interest at heart. And that's your parenting compass right there. I could not agree more. I remember hearing a guy on TikTok actually saying in an interview that, you know, if someone else would treat him the way he treats himself, he wouldn't want to spend more than one hour with that yeah. person. Like, yeah. No, thank you. So if that's the case, then you need to really change your narrative and how you treat yourself and all the language that you employ about yourself. And that can take some time, but sometimes you can also just like flip the switch. And for some people, it's easier than others, but it's true. Yeah. yeah. You know, why would you do that to yourself? You wouldn't do it to your best friend, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. And this is then I think where we go into this experience of like, well, how did I learn to talk to myself like that? Right. And usually it's the parents inner critic that has mm -hmm. just been born into the children. Then, you know, it's been passed through the generations. 
And I think like if anyone listening is really interested in this, there is a free resource online, if it's okay to say it's not mine. There's a place called the Compassionate Mind Foundation in Derby. And they are, in my opinion, kind of like the leaders in bringing the world of compassion, the Eastern, I'm really bad in my East and West, compassion of the Eastern world towards the theory of the mind in the Western thinking. Is that the right way to say? I think that's what they say. And they've loads of free resources on there about how to create your compassion at best and how to um, how, how to create this inner ally. They've loads of audio resources and they've all loads of research. And it's a really great place if you're thinking, gosh, I'd really like to change the way I relate to myself. So, yeah. Sure. We'll leave the link in the description box as well as all of your links and your Calm and Confident Parenting group as well. So Thank everyone can, can find them very easily. Okay. So we'll link that one as well if you're interested to check out. Okay. Um, but is there any advice that, I mean, probably last advice that you would like to share? Oh, I just think it's really important for the parents know that they're enough. You know, most of the things that happen to you in your life that you find the hardest weren't your fault. And it's really important because, you know, a lot of parents, when I, when I meet them and I say, well, you create the emotional emotional environment in which your child grows up. They're like, oh, my God, don't say that. That's like too much. And I say, mm. but it's happening anyway. You know, so imagine the power of being the change, being the change that your family needs, because all the stuff that you've inherited over the years, you unwittingly did it like it happened by accident. You didn't intentionally say, right, I am going to keep all the worst parts of my life that ever happened to me and I'm going to recreate them with this tiny person in front of me. It <laughs> happens anyway. You know, we have emo we have physical hygiene needs. I, I wash, I try to make my kids wash, you know, we, we have mm -hmm. all these physical hygiene needs, but we have emotional hygiene needs as well. You know, the biggest investment in my life is in me, financially, time-wise, everything. And I can honestly say that our family unit is really good because of it. And it is an investment, right? You're not paying out money. Like the biggest investment is in you and you being the change in your family. And it's totally possible, right? Because we're all the same and we're all in it together. That's very powerful. And that's also what we were saying before is that now that we have the neuroscience studies, now that we know better, why yeah. not make a change to try to break the patterns that have been ongoing for way too long? Like we have the, the chance now of knowing way more than we used to and we're gonna find out so much more also in the next few years so I think it's important to take that opportunity and try to make things better yeah I think so I mean like I know there's a time and a place for everything but I, I do think that children going to therapy can sometimes be helpful but the most powerful change is the parent mm -hmm. because imagine you know you're sending your child to therapy to change to change to change but they're coming back to the same environment and this isn't a bad thing to parents because that's what I thought you were supposed to do when you were younger as well when when my kids were younger because and I was younger but like it's almost easier to send a child to some form of mm -hmm. occupational therapy or play therapy or, or something and I know there's a time and a place for everything But really, the biggest gift you can ever give your kids it is the gift of you. You know, I remember for years, 
in fact this is our my first year not buying all of our stuff from the charity shop also because like I try to live a, a waste free life as possible so if I can get good mm-hmm. stuff in the charity shop I will do but because say when the kids were younger I wasn't working and we didn't have loads of money but I still kept as much money as I could for me for my therapy for my acupuncture for my pilates for things that I needed to do to be well and you can access low cost therapy for like 10 5 10 pounds or euros an hour you know this stuff is really available or or if you don't have you know if you're living on the minimum wage or if you're living on the dole I can't remember what's called in the UK was the dole over here um you know you can access free therapy as well the NHS in the UK you can access free therapy as well it takes just you have to be mindful that it takes at least two months to be able to start so don't wait till yeah. the last moment where yes you need it um that's always what yeah. I said I like, don't wait to be at your worst to start try to start now <laughs> so yeah it's easier but, uh, yeah but but I even do that for me you know like I go into my therapy feeling really good and that's why I go into therapy so you know the kids are back at school so I have a small bit more headspace to deal with whatever comes up and you know my house is good my puppy is good I feel good in my life so now is the time to go into therapy because my inner foundation can tolerate whatever is going to be thrown up you know exactly yeah and it just takes more effort if you're already feeling bad it's um it's still still do it of course but just know it's going to be a bit more work and you have to like not quit because sometimes it's (laughs) it can be challenging you're like why am I doing that but you you'll see yeah it's all worth it in the end (laughs) yeah yeah but it really is you know it totally is you're right perfect so thank you so so much Bethan to uh, speak with us today it was very interesting thank you for having me thank you thank you so much for listening Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.